Hi, everyone. This is Eric Martin from the band Mr. Big, the handsome one that stands right in the middle. That's me. And you're listening to Music Mania Podcast. Thank you so much, man. I, I love talking about the things that I love, Clint. And for you to allow me to do it with you, uh, I am the Music Mania Podcaster. You are the best. You got the best. We roll tonight to the guitar fight. And for those about to rock, I salute you. You ready for some screaming heavy metal? Scream for me, Brazil! Scream for me, Brazil! We rock! You are now listening to the Music Mania Podcast, brought to you by CD Warehouse in Gladstone, the number one hard rock podcast in the Midwest, featuring hard-hitting interviews with rock's living legends. And now, here's your host, Clint Schweitzer. Well, we are forging ahead here into the spring and summer months here on the Music Mania podcast. Concerts, tours being canceled kind of left and right. We just uh, heard that uh, Bon Jovi and Brian Adams have canceled their entire summer trek. Uh, The dates and cancellations and postponements, you know, they they keep coming every single day. And Ticketmaster, Live Nation, they're in a tough spot and they're trying to change some of the language as far as uh, when and when not to issue refunds and when and when not to postpone these shows. Postponing the shows is definitely going to be a way for them to keep the money in their pockets for longer. But uh, Bon Jovi, I think that if it's true, kind of what uh, I'm hearing is that uh, John Bon Jovi, they wanted to make sure the tour was canceled so people could get a refund for this. So it's just, it feels like, unfortunately, the new normal for right now, we're all just kind of in this together. I know it's cliched. I know other people are saying that same thing, but I really don't have any words of wisdom other than Hopefully that this podcast can provide you with uh, some distraction during the week. I know a lot of artists are streaming online or playing kind of live concerts, playing uh, for their fans, and that's tremendous. I commend them for doing that. I I feel really sorry for a lot of these artists. I mean, uh, you got a band like Kiss, uh, you know, when their dates get postponed, it's not something that they're going to really miss financially. Of course, they want to get out there, finish the tour, play these dates for their fans, I'm not, I'm not saying that at all, but so many artists out there that uh, kind of rely on, you know, these um, fly-in casino gigs on the weekends and things like that, like them being home and it is impacting them financially and you hate to see it. But on this week's podcast, we are keeping our string of amazing interviews rolling. This week, going to be joined by Mr. Big Frontman, Eric Martin. He himself had um, several uh, solo gigs lined up for the summer. We're going to get into it with him about kind of um, where things stand in the band. Is there any possibility for the kind of the band to give us a proper farewell? Obviously, um, drummer Pat Torpy uh, passed away back in 2018, early in 2018. And it came just a few months after I saw the band here in Kansas City and got to do an interview with Pat. And what a sweet, amazing human being he was. Tremendous drummer. We're going to talk to Eric about just what kind of a person he was, what kind of a bond they had. And for him to have been diagnosed with Parkinson's, and he was still a part of the band. He was still touring. He was still providing background vocals and percussion on tour while they also had Matt Starr, another drummer on stage. But that's brotherhood. That's what music's all about. And uh, so I commend Mr. Big for that. Always been one of my favorite bands. Thinking back uh, to the band's debut, Mr. Big, and of course, uh, the follow-up Lean Into It. It's what really made me a fan of Mr. Big. Of course, everybody knows the radio hit to be with you went to number one. And we're going to talk to Eric about that and and much more. Just kind of what he's been up to. Eric's a cool guy, man. I'll tell you, he's just uh, he, he's he's an open book. And I appreciate that about him. We've talked about, um, you know, maybe doing some uh, some other interviews down the road and uh, keeping things going because he's been uh, he's been so cool. So we're going to get to that interview. I tell you, this thing is impacting us so much, you know. Just thinking about our sponsor for the last three years, CD Warehouse in Gladstone, Missouri. They have had to shut their doors as a result of this coronavirus, uh, not being able to afford to stay open when obviously things are the way they are in the world. And obviously the CD business and, and things like that are, it, it was amazing that it stayed open. 25 years, Randy Ringer, the owner of CD Warehouse, um, someone that taught me so much about music. I worked there for um, a year or so while I was in college, and it was like my indoctrination to music, and they were our sponsor for so long, and to, to really look on it and to think that they're gone makes me really sad, just another kind of casualty of this. I know we're losing lives, and that's 
absolutely dreadful. We're losing a lot in the process as well. And that's just one thing to look at. Um, and we try to look at this positively. We're going to get through this. There will be live concerts again. The summer is coming. The weather's been beautiful here in Missouri. So, you know, I've at least been able to get out and, and do some walks and do a lot of interviews. And like I told Eric, it's actually interesting in this case because, you know, we have never had one issue with an interview. I, I've interviewed hundreds of people. Everybody's at least, you know, come on and, and got it done and, you know, been generous with their time and whatever, we got it done. But in this case, artists are actually a little excited to talk to us here. It's kind of exciting. Like, hey, this is kind of like a highlight of their day. We have some big interviews coming up. After Eric Martin, we've got uh, Gus G uh, from Firewind and Ozzy Osbourne. We've got Bruce Kulick, formerly of KISS, coming up. That's going to be tremendous. Uh, yeah, he's also with Grand Funk Railroad right now. So a lot coming on, a lot coming up, taping some interviews uh, in the next couple of weeks. So without further ado, we want to go ahead and take you to my interview with Mr. Biggs, Eric Martin. Well, as, as we're just getting started here, we're restarting after uh, seven minutes of uh, phone collapses and just uh, kind of shooting the crap here. Eric, for one, it's it's a it's a true pleasure to have you here on the Music Media Podcast. Um, you, <laughs> I know that you've uh, tried to been keep busy. I, we we talked about uh, your Facebook group there. Everybody kind of wants to know from your group: Are you are you going to do any live streams? That's kind of the 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 topic du jour. That's what all musicians are doing. You got an acoustic guitar and you got a microphone, so they want it, man. I, I know, I know. Everybody's got balls of steel. You know, they're playing in front of all their fans and stuff, and it's all stripped down. Even my friend um, and uh, musical partner PJ Farley from the band Trickster, he he was performing a song that he wrote about being basically sequestered, you know, or locked down. And uh, he's in his bathroom, uh, it, you know, obviously because that's really good acoustics. But like he goes, I gotta hurry up and play the song before my kids barge in here. Um, I uh, to tell you the truth, and this is gonna sound really lame here, but it's I'm I'm vain. But um, I I want to uh, play some music for the people or some my fans or whatever. I I I, I want to do that so bad. But right before the lockdown. Well, right before the full-on virus blowout, like the day before, I'm biting my fingernails. I'm watching some kind of, you know, I, I think I was watching Ozark on Netflix, so it's like all suspenseful, and I bite my fingernails. And like right on my left, which is the left cuspid or left fang tooth, is a veneer. And the dentist tells me every time I go to the dentist, he goes, hey, man, don't bite your fingernails or eat like hard candy. So I bite my fingernails, pop, this thing zips across the room, you know, banging on every uh, wall. And I got this uh, big hole in my mouth right now. Um, I look like a, a freaking jack-o'-lantern. <laughs> well, yeah, we'd be doing this. Bit, I, yeah. <laughs> I hate well, to laugh. Because yeah, that's no, no, it's okay. It's okay. I laughed. I cried, and then I laughed. And for the last three and a half weeks now, I pass myself in the mirror, and I go, "Yeah, who the hell is that guy?" Right? It's scary. So if I can't take it after three weeks, uh, I'm not. I'm not going to show it in people's faces. You know, singing the songs of Mr. Big, looking like you know hill people. Well, we were going to do this, you know, on, on video, except for uh, I have a face for radio and you have a chip tooth. We could have done a duet or something and really, you know, rocked it out there. I could have uh, impersonated Paul Gilbert just fine with my uh, Jackson guitar over here that I never play. It would have been great. But um, this this is where we are, Eric. And <laughs> it's 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 a, it's a true pleasure. It would have been, been great in your mind. It wouldn't have been great, man. It would be like you're wheedling away and I'm going. Yeah, you know, buffer and fuckatash, you know. Well, th this is just going to drive you to at some point get get the tooth fixed and to make it happen. But I know we we're all the, the the good news for me is for the first time, you know, we we've done over 170 episodes, artists from every band uh, imaginable, and they're actually excited to talk to me now. They're like, they're, someone wants to interview, someone wants to talk about music. Let's do it. Like so, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's kind of exciting, but you know. I, it's uh, other than that, man. I missed they the concert. They didn't. They didn't want to talk to you before. Oh, uh, they. You know, 
hesitantly. You know, you know, you know, the truth of the matter is um, when you guys came through Kansas City last, uh, that would have been 17, June 17, you guys played knuckleheads mm -hmm. here. And I had to right. hop a train. A train was parked in a way that I couldn't get to the venue to talk to interview Pat Torpy. And I, I hopped the train. And that's no joke. And I did this interview with yeah. Pat Torpy. It's one of the last interviews he actually ever did. And I mean, it, it was so powerful. It was on your, the, the bus there. I got to say hi to you and Billy. But what it, it's unbelievable to go back there. And, and Pat passed away just uh, a few months later in February. And just I, it's kind of a somber place to start. But I know you you called Pat like your anchor. You called him like your linen your, to your McCartney. You know, and like how how important was he? And just how good was he? I think he gets overlooked. Just his talent and, and Mr. Big. He was, a, he was an incredible drummer. And I mean, mainly, I mean, his, you know, his, uh, his in, uh, attention to detail, his, uh, you know, just, just his style, but his tone was amazing. It just like that, his snare drum crack is on every Mr. Big record. Uh, and it just, he was just, I, I don't know why it was underrated. I mean, I, I not really to, People who would come and see us would be like, "Holy shit, Pat Torp, he's, he's great!" And then word of mouth would spread. But he was um, revered by uh, his peers and musicians. He was he's just a fantastic drummer, but a really good-hearted man. You know, really strong, kind of the strong and silent type. But uh, he would he would just. And the lack of so many uh, great words that I can't think of at the moment, but he was a the glue, the anchor that brought us together. You know, like when you're kind of cooped up with a rock and roll band and you're traveling around on the, you know, in your in your airplanes and your tour buses and you're constantly together uh, on stage and off stage and interviews and all that stuff. You're 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 gonna bite each other's head off. And he was the guy that was like almost like the player player coach you know he would be going guys guys calm down a little bit like this is real he would just kind of he was a soft-spoken guy he used to constantly do this to me all the time i'd i'd be some kind of a troublemaker on stage or not on stage off stage it didn't matter <laughs> a little bit of a troublemaker at times and he'd go for god's sake stop rocking the boat we're almost home i can hear him <laughs> saying that you know or he'd just call me out of the blue and he'd go, Eric Martin. Oh my God. He goes, God, what a great song you wrote. And just, he was, a, he was great for accolades, man. He'd pat me on the back every time I wrote some great tune or a tune that he dug. And, and um, I was, uh, I don't know if I mentioned this in the email to you, but I've been listening to cassettes a lot lately about, you know, with demos and, um, uh, old ideas that Mr. Big had, we used to call them sniglets. And I ran across a couple phone message, answering machine uh, phone message tapes. And it's got my parents on it. And it's got all the, all my friends from the past, some of who have passed away. But it has Pat Torpy and Billy and Paul on it as well. But it has Pat on it saying, Eric, we're number one. That's got to feel great, buddy. You know, just, hmm. oh, God, I, I had a little tear in my eye. Wow. I listened to it a couple of days ago. Yeah. He's just a, a really good friend. Um, and and a, like I said, strong and silent type, which I, I, I've been trying to write this song. I've been, I've been writing a song about Pat when he, a couple months after he passed. And, you know, it's been a, a few years, a couple of years now. And I just, oh man, it's just every time I play it, I just, I can't get it. But I, my, my, my opening line is, he was the strong and silent type. And uh, it'll write itself one of these days, you know, probably one of these days now, since I have so much time on my hands. But it's so hard to even talk about him. I, because... I, I keep remembering the time where our manager, Tim, uh, his name is Tim Heine, managed Mr. Big for a long, long time, and Paul Gilbert as well. And when he called me and said, hey, man, are you sitting down? Pat passed away. And mm. that's all I remember. And it kills me, you know? Uh, oh. 
yeah, it's it's still brewing in my head. I I can't believe he's gone. He was such a uh, it, I, not not only for drums or a good person, but like singing wise as well. God, he was. I said that before. I didn't want it to make it sound like it was. Uh, you know, I'm I'm Lennon and he's McCartney, but it had it, we had that you know, the Everly brother kind of thing together. And then it was Billy and Paul. Billy had his uh, mid range and, and high, super high falsetto voice. And Paul was, uh, you know, second, third tenor. But Pat was like, he, he did, we, we did a lot of, um, uh, you know, he was my go-to. You, you understand what I'm saying? I, I can't uh-huh. speak to the musical at the moment, but yeah, he was my go-to. And, and when we, when he was, uh, diagnosed with Parkinson's, you know, we got him out on the road and, you know, we didn't, the thing about Parkinson's, if you're, if you're not moving and grooving, you, you, you get a little, de- obviously you get depressed. You just kind of sit there in the dark and wait for something to happen. And it's like, I mean, I'm not a doctor, but that's the way he was. And so we basically said, look, you, you got to, I said this to a woman, I said this to him one time, when he told me that he had Parkinson's, I go, I, I, I look back on it and I go, oh, God, I wish I didn't say this, but somehow it lit a fire. But I go, yeah, 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 snap out of it. Let's go. Let's get, let's get, let's get to the work. Hmm. And it was the weirdest thing to say, but he go, he kind of laughs a little bit and he goes, all right. And the two of us basically wrote and arranged uh, one of our Mr. Big records, which was called Stories We Could Tell. And we did it together at his house and we just worked every day for a couple of weeks and then Billy and uh, Paul finally came to the studio and and they go man we, we need to get some writing done and, and I go me and Pat's already done it and it just I could see the, uh, the the flame inside of his head you know just going oh man I'm sparked I'm ready to do this so we when we got him out on the road uh, he didn't play uh, he didn't play that many drum parts I mean I think the first year, there was maybe seven songs he played, and then it kind of dwindled down to about four, and then two, and there was, it was only one. It was either a, a song called Fragile or Just Take My Heart, one of our hit songs. Yep. And, uh, but then he was, we, we got this guy, Matt Starr, to come in, and Matt played uh, past parts, and then there was a cocktail kit, like a little drum cocktail kit on the, on the left side of Matt's drums. And that's what Pat played, little percussion, but mainly sang. And it just bothered me where I used to see him singing constantly on the stage. And then when we, we went, kind of feeling the setter here, I'm like, I'm, I'm nervous talking about Pat because, mm-hmm. you know, I don't want it to sound like I don't know anything about him. I, I, I love this man so much that I, I just feel yeah. uh, it, it kind of crushes me talking about him. But anyway, when we went on the road with uh, uh, Extreme, like after Pat died, we had some contractual, we had some gigs in the works already. And we did a little tour of like rock festivals and stuff in Europe. And it was just Billy, Paul, myself and Matt. And that cocktail kit wasn't there anymore. And uh, I mean, we got through the gig, but oof, I'm not saying it, it, it wasn't good, but it wasn't great because, you know, he, he just wasn't there and, and, and no offense to Matt or anything or no offense to anybody in the band. They just, you know, we kind of, we lost a little mojo. Uh, I'm, so anyway, I'm absolutely. Anyway. Yeah, I get it. And Matt's great. I saw him playing with Ace Freely just last summer. I love what, what Matt does. I saw he was uh, there with you guys, but I mean, you got to take solace in the fact that what you guys did, um, might be unprecedented in the music industry and uh, to the, to show that brotherhood that added quality of life that probably added time on onto to Pat's life and that you guys should take ultimate solace in that because that's so powerful what a brotherhood and I think that everybody looks at that when just complete reverence that 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 happened and I'm so glad I got to see him see him play with you guys here in Kansas City that time and it's uh, it'll definitely live on and you guys got to record an album you did define gravity it's been 3 years now since it's released when you reflect back on that are are, are you pleased with that album is it something you always kind of hold dear cuz that's <laughs> kind of the last work you guys uh, kind of uh, did together uh 
No, I don't really. I, I didn't really care for the record that much. I liked hmm. some of the songs. I liked the, the the best part of it was hanging together because we hadn't kind of did anything for about a you know six months or a year, and so the hang was great. I think Billy had a birthday. Uh, we did a little surprise birthday party for Billy, uh, and uh, and that was a good moment. There was good moments of just the hang. Um, musically, it was just. I feel like a whiner here, but it, and I don't have the same experience as Billy and, and, uh, and, and Paul does. I mean, they, they enjoyed the, the uh, pressure and the thrown against the wall to hurry up and do this. But I, I didn't care for the process of going in. We only had like six to 10 days to write, record and mix it because of some, I, I don't know why, maybe some of the guys had like some gigs, uh, tours that they had to go on or our producer had some other project, but it was, I, I, you know, again, <laughs> this water over the bridge, it's, it's over. And I liked, I really liked um, the song Defying Gravity. Uh, Paul wrote it. Uh, I put lyrics and melody on it with my partner, Andre. Pestis, and Paul didn't even remember the, t- the song. It was like one of those ones that were on the cassette, like a Sniglet thing that we wrote yeah. years ago. And some kind of a cool mid-eastern, funky Led Zeppelin kind of thing. And I go, hey, remember that funky Led Zeppelin mid-eastern thing? And Paul goes, not, not really. And I go, remember this? And he goes, holy shit, it's a, we got a song. All right, this is great. So Defying Gravity worked. Another one was called Everybody Needs a Little Trouble. That was fun. Real, real simple, bluesy, uh, you know, marchy kind of uh, blues song. And then the other one was, um, it was so quirky and kind of corny when I first heard it. But it was a song called 1992 that Paul wrote. And Paul writes those quirky songs like Green Tin and Sixties Behind the Lyrics and all that. And uh, when I first heard it, I was like, oh, God, it's a little, this is, it feels so cheesy to sing it. And I only sang it once and then it, it was recorded. And it was really low for me a little bit, but when I got on the road and I sang with the guys and we, we perfected it and we almost, it was like the after pre-production of that record. After, after we did it so many times, I, I, I loved the tune. And, uh, and, you know, like three months into being on the road together, singing all that Define Gravity uh, record stuff, I was like, okay, now I'm ready to go in the studio. Except but it was already done, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, I'm not, you know, but our our best fans, our biggest fans, they go, oh man, I love that record. So so who am I to shoot myself in the foot, you know? I just, I just felt a little uh, pressured, especially... I, I we we did this um, like I remember when Paul gave me the song. He goes, "Okay, I wrote the song, 1992. I'm reading the words. Okay, could you go in there and we'll play the music and you do the guide vocal." Okay, so I went in there, sang the guide vocal, and then there was a video camera in my face and said, "Hey, we're gonna do a like a little documentary on the making of this record." And it was day one, dude. <laughs> you know, it was day <laughs> one. I was like, I was like. Bill Paxton in in the uh, in the spaceship you know, <laughs> with with Ridley and go like, yeah. let her do it man I'm not going out there you know <laughs> I've seen it it's actually good it's good it's good stuff um, and of course 1992 kind of harkened back to a time uh, in the band where I mean to be with you goes to number one uh, lean into it comes out you guys are sort of at your height. But you, I mean, talk about that time for you guys, because the first album comes out in 1989. I think it goes to number 39. You have um, Lean Into It comes out, has this huge commercial success with To Be With You, of course, a song you wrote in your teen years. But you, you, I, it's like people, did. was it the timing? People didn't quite get, because you guys were all virtuoso players. You had Billy Sheehan, who was one of the best bassists of all time. Paul Gilbert, a shredder, uh, the, you know, Pat Torpy, yourself, one of my favorite singers of the entire era yet you you know you feel like 
maybe people didn't get it because there you guys you're the image you didn't have makeup artists you didn't have costumers that was the time <laughs> and it, I, it's, it's unfortunate because those are two of the best my two of my favorite albums that I hold dear to my heart to this day but back then what 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 was it what what do you think it was i mean you guys also such great players i mean mr big come on exactly come on mr big say no more uh um, the end yeah you, you basically like i don't even know how i always uh believed in the song to be with you or or the this sort of radio friendly songs we wrote just take my heart even uh the first album that had a song that was called Anything For You, and I thought, I thought, oh, my God, I, I don't know what radio, you know, what they're dictating now, but I go, man, this would sound so great on the radio. Just as I, as, personally, I think it would sound sound great, but you catch the public on a good day. You don't know. You have, I have no idea. It's a complete fluke. Um, we never, we never really, uh, I mean, I think we did campaign in the beginning in Japan, Billy was going over there constantly and Paul was going over there talking about this new band that we were starting. But we never looked at it like, okay, all right, you know, look, looking in the book, okay, how to be a rock star, how to make it, you know, it wasn't that kind of thing at all. We, I mean, we had the, I had big hair from high school that I just never touched, you know? <laughs> yeah. It was just like, hey, you're, you're a hair band. I'm like, Okay. And, you know, we did have some clothes. Our clothes never matched. I never had a uniformity. That was the problem. Yep. That was it. (laughs) I guess that was the problem. I mean, Paul Gilbert had fringe on his guitar. And this is because, you know, he's a, I I hope he doesn't mind me saying quirky because it's just like an, I, I, I stuck in with that adjective, but, um, he was an eccentric, quirky kind of fellow. I had like an infringe on the guitar, uh, drill guitar bits, uh, not guitar bits, uh, guitar picks drilled. The coffee yes. and the claritin are kicking in right now. And I'm pacing Perfect. the kitchen, you know, like my 30, 30 mile run in the kitchen. So sorry. Calm down, <laughs> Eric. Yeah, uh, got to compose yourself. This is uh, you. You won't soon do a, a, an interview bigger than this one. Um, you, you, looking looking kind of forward, and this is kind of a loaded question, but um, obviously you had some solo dates planned. This, we're in a whole different world here. This I, I hate even using those kind of caveats. You had some solo dates planned, but due to Seaboy nineteen, you don't get to do them. But you you know yeah. plan plans kind of going forward as far as I mean I, I'm doing that now. Yeah, so doing that doing that now right now. Uh, uh, just this morning, just going over the calendar and talking to tour managers for uh, not not for Mr. Big. Mr. Big is like on a permanent hiatus at at the moment. I I have no, you know, Billy says never say never. I say yes to every freaking phone call that comes in. So I'm wh- whatever the the other uh, two guys want to do. I'm, I'm, I'm available to do Mr. Big. I mean, I'd rather do Mr. Big than pretty much anything, but since there is no Mr. Big at the moment, I've, I, I had tons of irons in the fire, especially with this, uh, rock opera that I've been a part of for about six years. It's called Avantasia. Oh yeah. I know that. Tobias Samet. Yes. Great. Tobias Samet from Ed Guy. If uh, you guys aren't aware, has this tremendous uh, kind of, like you said, rock opera, and you've been involved with it over several albums now, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's it's got like you know it's a uh, power heavy metal um, uh, band, German band, and then has like sometimes six to seven lead singers from around the world, uh, like like Ronnie Atkins from the band Pretty Maze, Bob Catley from Magnum. Um, it, uh, Jeff Tate and myself, uh, the, the two Americans, you know, they're like, it, it's like a United Nations of rock in this, in this, uh, in this gigantic entity here. And it's, it's, it's really great rock and roll music, but call in the tour manager today and go, Hey, uh, I don't know if you told me 15, 20 texts ago, but could you tell me again? Cause I've gone a little senile, but what gigs are 
canceled or what gigs are postponed. And and there were one of the gigs in Spain and on uh, June 25th and uh, June 26th in in um, yeah in Spain are canceled. I'm like, okay, okay. What about the rest? And he goes, well, it's still on the books, still on like July and August festivals. I mean, until we hear anything different. And then I had a. a a, a tour booked in South America that got postponed and a bunch of little smatterings of gigs that, you know, I also play um, with those knuckleheads from New Jersey, PJ Farley and Steve Brown, the, the unsinkable Steve Brown from um, Trickster. And Def and Leppard. Then, and Def Leppard. And he played a few times. And, yeah, he did. And, uh, and the uh, infamous Joey Casada. I, I don't know. You, I don't know if you. I think you're friends with this guy, aren't, aren't you? On Facebook, Joey Casada, drummer, yeah. actor, wrestler, <laughs> all around funny guy, um, and uh, author as well. Wrote a book called Start with a Dream. He, uh, the four of us, you know, we we don't even have a name. I mean, sometimes I go, let's call ourselves Clown Royale. I thought that would be good, and they're like, no. So it's just. Eric Martin and uh, the guys from Trickster, pretty much. And we played some shows around the United States, but those have been postponed till, God, November. Everybody's feeling the crunch, man. And obviously, nobody wants to, nobody, I, I don't want to play a bunch of gigs where you have, uh, you know, the gatherings of the crowds, you know, and like be susceptible to, uh, to, to the sickness. God, I saw something on TV the other day, but like they're they're having these after hour private secret dance clubs open. Who who in the right mind would go to that shit? Wow. I mean that's crazy. Hey, let's well, let's flip some Molly and hang out and sweat on each other. <laughs> well, the good news for you, Eric, is you're not quite 60 yet. So you're not quite in that demo. So you you're still good for till October. Uh, well, I don't know, you know. I don't know what <laughs> magazines or newspapers you're reading, but it's, it's, look, look, I'm close. Everybody's close to getting something. I mean, I got these pretty um, cherry blossom trees right outside my window, very Japanese, and I love cherry blossoms, but they're putting out these, this pollen that's killing me right now. It's like I have these really bad, bad allergies, and I'm coughing, and I'm kind of sneezing a little bit, and my neighbors are, Man, they're strapping on their hazmat suits and and uh, and masks and looking at me like I've got it. You know, they probably got like it's probably got like red sheep's blood painted on my door, like a big X. Don't go here. <laughs> <laughs> well, California is definitely um, you know it's it's one of the scary places, and we definitely don't make light of that because it's it's very real. But uh, Eric, before we let yeah. you go here, I've got to finish off with uh, some rapid fire questions from the uh, Eric Martin Facebook group, which does exist, and they are oh gosh, they are, they're from everywhere. There, there's like some questions in I here. I had, to I had to translate some of these from uh, other languages, so this is uh, this is tremendous. Um, this is actually maybe my my favorite question of all. We'll start with it. Rebecca Totman wants to know if you ever got the Marshall Ant mini fridge that you fell in love with. Uh no. I didn't, and I and I know it's kind of tacky when you put it in. You, you don't want to put it in your living room, you know, like right next to your like you know, really really nice. Uh, uh, you know, I have a friend of mine. Who, I'm not gonna like say his name, but you go to his house and he's got like saloon doors, a jukebox, some German Hummels in one corner, and like you know, uh, a pinball machines, and then a beautiful. Um, you know, tapestries on the walls. Like, no, I don't, you don't want to put that shit in your house because it's really tacky. But I would love to put it in my music room. I would love one of those little, uh, I, I saw it in some gig. Um, it's a little Marshall refrigerator. Oh, it looks cool. I've seen a bunch of that stuff. But you know what I do have? The only tacky kind of thing that I have in my house is uh, I have a Marshall head, um, like a key ring thing where you have like your keys and then you know where you you, you have your cord and yep. the, the adapter part where you plug it into the plug into the little hole there that holds the key so i have one of these things it's kind of hard to explain but it's on it's online you can get it 
and that's the most obtrusive thing I have in my house at the moment. Uh, that's uh, that yep. that that's pretty cool. That'll do. We'll we'll, uh, we'll just throw your address out there, and uh, someone will send you that that Marshall amp. So no problem. Uh, <laughs> Come on. Tatiana Anuma wants to know um, when you're making a new song, when you're writing a new song, do you start with the lyrics or melody? That's a good, that's a great question. It is great. Uh, pretty much everything. That's the answer that I have. I mean, if I'm I grab the grab the acoustic guitar. That's like my my main instrument that I write on. I, mean, I used to used to be piano a little bit, but grab your acoustic guitar and it's it's not a melody, it's just like a chord uh structure. I mean any you know and and I'm pretty limited. I, I probably know about three or four chords, but I capo everything. So I become Django Reinhardt, you know, like <laughs> immediately. But I just uh come up with like a chord structure and then it just melody kind of pops in. Yeah, the lyrics come a little Come last, but I I do have uh, a plethora, a cornucopia of uh, lyric titles. So I'll kind of grab one of these titles and I'll start singing that a little bit. It's it's every which way but loose, you know. But it's it's mainly with the chord structure. Well, I had to translate this from Portuguese, but I believe she's also demanding not a question, but demanding you do an acoustic acoustic tour there in Brazil with Kip Winger. So there's that in there too. We're just gonna uh, have to make I that would, happen. Oh, I would die for that. I um, I did a couple gigs, two or three gigs, with uh, me, Kip Winger, um, Jack Russell, and Don Dockin. And we did it like in the Midwest, South or something. And uh, oh, we had such a blast. It was, it was, a, and it was a really good grouping, really good kind of tour situation. But me and, uh, I've known Kip for, for years. And, uh, Mr. Big's first tour, first really big American tour was opening to Winger. And I, I, I was really, really good friends with Paul Taylor. We grew up together. He was a keyboard player and guitar player. And I didn't really know Kip on that tour, but over the years we became friends. And um, when we played together, he had this percussionist named uh, Ben Hans. And uh, I go, oh, my God, this guy's great. And I basically, I wanted to get closer to Kip. This is not really true, but I wanted to get closer <laughs> to Kip. So I, I stole Ben. And so when me and PJ and Ben go out, you know, we have like a little trio and play acoustic shows. And, God, we were working on Daryl's house. And we were, we were working on like a bunch of uh, American uh, tour, tour in the uh, United States. And uh, yeah, but that kind of fell through because of this virus. But yeah, Kip Winger in Brazil. <laughs> we did, Mr. Big and Winger, we did play together a couple times in South America. Yeah. Uh, on double, like a double bill. And that was really fantastic. God, you know, I was on a Kip Winger, um, I was a, I had a, like a fanboy moment uh, last week. I just listened to, they were great. I didn't, I didn't really pay attention as much. I mean, they're really, really great. And they're hit songs and all that. But all the other stuff, uh, the album tracks, really great. God, that was, that's a super group right there. Red I Beach, mean, every, great whatever. guitarist. You're right. And not only that, Kip Winger is the bassist on my favorite Ellis Cooper album, Constrictor, 1986. I don't know. I'm weird. Um, <laughs> um, no, no, no. Hey, dude, come on. You, you, you latch on to these great musicians i mean look um i i don't know if this is going to go it was well, it's music mania so it's pretty much every genre of music but yeah i went on this uh, keith urban trip yesterday oh yeah you don't really have time where you're like nah, i'm not gonna listen to that it's country music oh my god this guy's a phenomenal guitar player uh great singer great uh country pop or metropolitan country writer, whatever it is, but man, the guy's got the goods. He's and, right up there with like any of the guitar players I've played with. He's really, really good. And so I was on that kick yesterday as well. Oh, that's great. Not only that, he and uh, Nicole Kidman, who are married, they were at the same Iron Maiden show I was at uh, back in back this fall. So that's that's kind of cool too. If he's in Iron Maiden. Uh, he's good with me. Um, this is a good one um, from Danielle. Daniela Sedgwick wants to know what kind of a quarantine eater are you cooking for yourself or uh, food delivery all around? 
Um, I haven't done the delivery except for extreme pizza, and I have I don't do it that much. Um, when I see my kids, I see my kids on every other Saturday, and when they come over, either I'll make some hamburgers if I have it, you know, chicken burgers or whatever, turkey burgers, sorry, or we'll order a pizza, usually Hawaiian. And I, like, I would love to, to try some other kind of pizzas, but that's all they like. So, geez, they win. They're, they're two twin 15-year-old boys. So, you know, do the math. They win. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> I have uh, <laughs> in my kitchen, I had this box. It still had a Christmas ribbon on it. Uh, it's been sitting there for four freaking years. My um, my kids gave it to me for Christmas four years ago, and I didn't open it up. And I opened it up, and it was like it is an Instapot, and it's become my new friend. <laughs> and I'm like I'm shoving everything in there, everything that's in the refrigerator, like chicken and and uh, vegetables, and you know the kitchen sink. I, my mother used to call when she would make a crock pot full of stuff that she found in the refrigerator, all the leftovers. She'd call it. Uh, Pishy hash and hellfire stew. <laughs> so basically, that's what I'm doing. Oh, uh, absolutely. Just, yeah. Just surviving. It's yes, survival yeah. mode. <laughs> it, is, it is survival mode, but it is kind of teaching me, you know, obviously, there are some people out there that are, you know, single guys or whatever. I'm not, I'm not saying I'm single, babe. If, you hear, if you're hearing this podcast, okay, yeah. you're not a gal pal. All right. <laughs> but when they... Um, they they don't know what to do for themselves. You know, they basically rely on, uh, 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 you know, your mom or your sister, your girlfriend, your daddy, your brother, lover, little boy, whatever. And um, they don't know how to wash clothes and how to cook for themselves, take care of themselves. And I've been doing it for, for, for years. I mean, being on the road, you're washing, you're, and, and obviously going to restaurants, but cooking now has become, kind of mellowed me out a little bit, kind of like you said the word solace or uh, like the Italians say tranquilla. Um, you know, I'm cooking. It's not just the Instapot. I'm kind of putting out little ingredients here and there, you know. I'm no, uh, I'm no Chef Boyardee yet. <laughs> but, uh, oh, man. I, this... I have been having a good time cooking. Um, kind of as we wrap up here, it's it's uh, it's been a true pleasure, but um, so this is something from me, from Clint Switzer, host of Music Media Podcast, has has a has a question, and that is, does the girl that you wrote to be with you about know that it's about her? Ah, uh, yeah, I believe so. I haven't spoke to, awesome. to her name is Patricia. Her name is Patricia, and um, I haven't spoke to her in years. Uh, I I would love to get back in touch. I know she's she's been married for a very long time. Um, to a Scottish musician, I believe. Wow. She worked at a, yeah, yeah. She, uh, we knew each other back in the uh, 70s, early, middle 70s. And she was my muse. Uh, she also, she wrote poetry and she was really beautiful and just really great insight and her, her, mojo vibe i know dude i was a hippie i what can i tell you you can't take the hippie out of the guy and um <laughs> she was my she she was just a, a really great friend that i turned into almost like the you know like the thing that i was telling you about the fans i turned it into like oh she's so nice to me and so sweet and so loving there's chemistry here you're feeling it eric <laughs> and I, I i was thought i loved loved her you know, wow. she was like, no, you don't. you don't love me. We're just really, really good friends. This is ironic. This is an ironic twist, Eric Martin. This is a tw just like the, to be with you. This is a twist of fate. Um, and uh, yeah, she knows. I, I would love to talk to her again. I mean, we kind of lost touch. Some of the um, girlfriends I had back in the day were a little jealous of our friendship. And man, I, I made some bad choices, but I, like, we can't be friends anymore. But um, and obviously she's moved on. I, I, I miss her friendship a lot, but I, you know, that being said, and I know you got to go, but I thought you were going to talk to me about, um, you just did a podcast with Jeff Keith. 
Yes. Uh, Tesla. Yep. And that is a that's a fine man. I, I never hear that guy talking on the radio or podcasts or yeah. He's one of the guys. He's one of the guys that like as as well as Kip Winger. I would love to go out on the road with me and Jeff Keith and Kip Winger. That would be a great three bill, you know, uh, to be on the road. But yeah, man, uh, they they keep you singers yeah. kind of locked up, you know, when because uh, it's hard it's hard to get singers on the shows because you you know you don't want. The, they, the management doesn't want you know them blowing their voice out on them you know on, on an interview i get it like Je- jeff keith no, popped no, up no, and i'm no. like he's not doing anything he's sitting at home this is great he's he's does he doesn't have to save his voice and neither do you so uh the, yeah, i'm reaping all the benefits <laughs> no saving another voice i mean like the last time i heard uh, last time i saw jeff i go what are you doing now and you know when you're not on tour and he goes and i can't do a jeff keith but it's like yeah buddy you know so i was like <laughs> come on one night and like his Oklahoma kid is like, well, I'm, you know, I'm, 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 I'm on the tractor, you know, plowing the fields out there in Sacramento where, where he lives now. And, uh, yep. yeah, he's a genuine character. He's a, a great guy, great singer. Um, when you meet him, that's him. That's you know, he wears his heart on his sleeve. He's a really good guy, but, um, Okay, one quick thing. One quick other yeah. thing. I got to know if, uh, it's cause I got to figure out if I need to rub this in or not. Uh, you're in California. Are 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 you a sports fan? Or are you a 49ers fan by chance? I've been a 49er fan uh, since John Brody. So you know, you know, I'm in Kansas City. So we, you knew we were gonna have to have this talk. Um, you know, we we got we got our first Super Bowl in 50 oh, years. Before the world ended, we got our, our first Super Bowl in 50 years. The 49ers, a valiant effort. I thought we were beaten, honestly, but uh, the Chiefs overcome. Patrick Mahomes gets it done for our, our Chiefs, and for the Niners, I think yeah. only good things to come. Man, it's going to be it's 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 going to they're going to get back there if there's football again. When and if that happens, I I hope it does happen. I've been I've been holding on and talking about the 80s Niners for so many years. I mean, I I knew all those guys. I used to play. Uh, they they used to hire me to play their functions like barbecues and birthday parties and big huge hard rock cafe uh, to do you know whatnots um, back in the eighties. Joe Montana, uh, Roger Craig, yep, um, Jerry Mark, Rice, Ronnie Lott, John Taylor, yeah. those great teams, yeah. All, Bill Bill Ring, uh, well Wershing. I mean, all those guys used to play all their functions, even like Eddie DeBartolo. I played at just like his 40th birthday party, you know, umpteenth years ago. And there was, there was fantastic. It was like, like the Eric Martin band uh, playing. Uh, I was on Capitol Records at the time, but uh, Eric Martin band playing. And background vocals was like Mike Reno from Loverboy, Jack Blades, Night Ranger, Mickey Thomas from the Starship, right? They would just have like hire, hire these great bands to play my tunes. It was just uh, uh, freaking awesome. It was, it was it was so great to hang out. And I used to, uh, you know, like I was saying, um, Herbie Herbert used to manage uh, Mr. Big, but he also managed Journey and a band called Europe. And he managed me for 20 years prior to Mr. Big. And he had uh, a box seat right in the middle, like right in the, like on the 50 yard line at Candlestick Park. So I, man, I was invited to all these games. I was just, looking at my scrapbook the other day where I had all these ticket stubs and, and field passes. And through Herbie, I got to sing the national anthem three times. And I, and I was looking at this one thing. I thought, oh, my God, you're right. I looked at it, and it said 49ers, Vikings. can't remember what year, but it was Joe Montana's last game before he went to Kansas City. Yep. That's right. Yep. That's but, amazing. Uh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a huge 49er fan. And uh, there was a, a just a really like it was a decade of like of uh, just a, a bummer to watch football for me anyway. Um, and uh, I think the team that we have right now looks we we have some we have some really good potential. I mean, Patrick yeah. Mahone's got oh my god, he's, he's just <laughs> I know he's the, he's the best. We're very lucky. A, it was know, all, all those all those great uh, players that I. Like even like Russell Wilson was great for a minute, ca- Colin Kaepernick for a split second. Um, all, you know, uh, Michael Vick. I'm I'm talking about the guys who like could throw the ball, but also could 
scramble and run it, you know. And uh, Patrick Mahone, he's 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 the real deal. Yeah, man, we're lucky to have him, Eric. We were lucky to have you here on the Music Mania podcast, my friend. Uh, it's a true honor and in, in, in interest of full disclosure. I meant what I said. You know, we've been joking around a lot. We've talked before we even got on here about uh, Paul Stanley, all the crap we were doing, haircuts and all that. But uh, in, in truth, you're my favorite, favorite absolute singer um, of all time. Um, I think that your your clean vocals are some of the best that we've ever heard on record. Man, you're the best. Uh, seeing Mr. Big three years ago was just an honor. I, I never never having seen you guys. Um, you know, back uh, you know in the '90s. I'm 36, man. So. Being able to make it happen, being able to talk to you about all this, it's just been a true honor in every sense, man. We, we'll, we'll definitely keep in touch. We'll get your ass to Kansas City one of these times, and you can help us celebrate the Super Bowl and hopefully hopefully play a show here one of these days, too, my man. Absolutely. Hey, thank you for the whole compliment. I, I appreciate it. It's good to get a little pat on the back. I, I've, I've missed entertaining the folks out on the road, but I also kind of miss, like, you know, get my ego stroked there for a minute, but thank you for that. <laughs> Hey, well, that's what I'm here for. No, absolutely the case. And uh, it's, it's it's been a true pleasure. So take her easy, stay safe and stay healthy. We'll definitely be in touch, my brother. I hope so. Please call me anytime. You bet. Thanks a lot. There you have it with Eric Martin. Uh, the first time having him on, certainly, hopefully not the last. That was absolutely tremendous. The guy is just absolutely an open book. And uh, we talked about a lot of topics before we even brought him on uh, on live on the broadcast. So so cool. I'm just such an unabashed fan of, of his vocal style, of how that band was technically. And they're just one of those clean sounding in your face rock bands that I think, um, you know, like, like we talked about, unfortunately, didn't rise to the heights of a Motley Crue or Def Leppard. They had the songs, man. You look at that first record, you know, that Mr. Big debut uh, which came out in 1989, just that song that starts off with Addicted to That Rush. Amazing song. You got that awesome Billy Sheehan bass intro. Great songs on there, like I Had Enough, Blame It on My Youth, Take a Walk. And then you think about Lean Into It with To Be With You goes to number one. Not only that, you got uh, classics like Daddy, Brother, Lover, Little Boy, Alive and Kicking, Green Tennant, Sixties Mine, and uh, another ballad, Just Take My Heart. Um, There's just, they had the songs, and yeah, I think that they will still, you know, the legacy is still there for them. It's amazing players, amazing artists, tremendous songwriters, and uh, that lives forever. And yeah, you heard Eric say the band's kind of right now on permanent hiatus, so we may never quite get that um, proper goodbye, but uh, you never say never, right? So we're hoping that at some point things go back to normal for us. We're all trying to get there. In the meantime, please hit us up on our website, musicmaniapodcast.com, and uh, on Twitter at musicmania underscore show. When it comes to this podcast, we always appreciate um, you subscribing, uh, leaving a star rating, uh, leaving some feedback. We always appreciate that. We're on Apple Podcasts. Um, Google Play, Stitcher, or Spotify, any way you choose to take in your podcast, you can get this show. We always appreciate it. This is episode like 173, I think. Unbelievable. Uh, In the last five years, it's just been surreal to think that this all started with just me and a little clip-on microphone that I used to record podcasts in in my basement. Now, um, all these years later, converting uh, into a studio, kind of doing this for a living now, do also a sports website. Uh, and podcast there uh, under GASNsports.com if you ever want to check that out. If you're a sports fan out there, like Eric is, we got to talk a little Super Bowl, Chiefs beating the 49ers. So thanks so much for joining us once again. We always appreciate it. Remember, remember during this time, your money stays and plays with us right here on the Music Media Podcast. <laughs>